the June Stewart Leadership Series, a collection of podcasts and webinars designed exclusively for the members of COSIDA. This value-added collection of personalities will provide insights and perspectives on managing, directing, and leading one of the most important units in all of college athletics, the offices of sports information and communications. Chris Plonsky has worked in college athletics since 1976, currently at the University of Texas, having called Austin home now for about three decades. She is the Executive Senior Associate Athletics Director, Chief of Staff, as well as UT Senior Woman Administrator. At Texas, she has served in a variety of roles, She was the Women's Athletics Director, and she has supervised revenue areas of sponsorship, licensing, and television. In her 43 years in the industry, Chris has seen a significant amount of time in communications and athletic media relations at Iowa State, Texas, and the Big East Conference. Chris earned her BS in journalism at Kent State. That's where she was a three-year basketball student athlete, an undergraduate KSU Athletics Media Relations Assistant, and an editor of the Daily Kent Statter. With those roots, Chris definitely knows sports information. Chris, we welcome you to the June Stewart Leadership Series, and let's start as we have with each podcast to date. How do you define leadership? Tripp, it's great to be with you, and leadership is such an important subject, uh, certainly for everyone who works on a campus of higher ed and certainly within athletics. Uh, Leadership can mean a lot of things, but essentially I believe it it is about following a vision and a mission for an organization, emulating those qualities and traits that will make that mission and vision come to fruition, and inspiring others to dedicate themselves for the good of the, the firm or the business or the company in order to make that mission and vision align. Uh, so good leaders inspire others to work hard and and do the right things in their own support areas to fulfill the mission of the organization. How does a leader know if he or she is inspiring? Well, I think the words passion and energy come to mind. Good leaders can lead in a lot of ways, but without doing the things that other people can admire, emulate, try to copy, it could be a lot of lip service. And um, I think that leaders can lead by example. They can also lead quietly just by uh, being in people's vision and letting people watch how you work. And I also think it, it really boils down to how leaders treat others, giving people the opportunity to utilize the skills uh, that they brought to the position, why they were hired in the first place, giving them freedom and, and confidence to make uh, their units work and allow them to allow their units to lead and to also, again, emulate the traits of how people ought to treat other people in the work environment. You know, I, I think it's, uh, we underrate what we sometimes learn in our own, ha- own households growing up about how important those qualities are as we get older and, and become productive citizens. Being respectful, um, being honest, establishing trust, learning how to communicate, pulling your own weight, uh, working on behalf of a team. I learned those same things along with my four younger sisters in a household that was not very complex. We had bosses, they were my mom and dad, and we had rules and regulations and that was okay. Um, 
that was a great starter kit for me as I began to take on jobs throughout my life and, and learned how to work for other bosses. Chris, we're just a few minutes into the conversation, and I think everybody could just take the whole idea of emulation and be done with the podcast, but we're hoping everybody continues to listen. The elephant in the room is that you've worked for what has now become known as Power 5 Schools or conferences uh, all throughout your career. So for those who are listening, who do not have P5 experience, how does your experience, how do your learnings, how does your portfolio, how does that translate into our leadership conversation today? Well, I think many of us in the profession uh, can say that we started in non-P environments. And, and certainly for my career, I actually started working in a sort of a nondescript area at the time in the big athletics world because uh, my start came at the opportunities for publicizing women's athletics at a very early era. And trust me, uh, that was not considered a, a P5 environment. Um, if anything, we were, we were trying to get something started. How fun and how critical those days were to learn about what it was like to dig deep and to have to go out and to make your, your own hay, so to say. In those days, we used to compare ourselves as SIDs in promoting women's athletics as we were not bankers. We didn't set our hours and open our doors and say, oh, they will come once we set the hours. Uh, we were more like insurance salesmen. We had to go find our clients and beat drums and go to every rotary or church or Girl Scout, Boy Scout meeting and beg people to pay attention and to come. And that was just for fans. And for media, we had to learn how to go fish where the fish were. So this is where, again, uh, sliding over from a more, less highlighted area to try to put myself in an environment to get around the highlighters. But every guy that was in sports information that I've ever worked around was so welcoming to work in the press box, meet the reporters, meet the TV analysts, meet the radio crews, where you could slide in and tell your story about the great athlete or coaches that you wanted to get attention for that particular week. Even though I was the women's sports information director at Texas for four and a half years, I departed here being prepared and able to do a Big East Conference PR job without ever having really done uh, worked directly and been responsible for men's sports. Uh, and I, I credit a lot of colleagues at Texas and Iowa State and Kent State for preparing me for that moment. One of the struggles that sports information administrators have faced over the years, and we do hope this leadership series will put a dent in creating a little bit of change, is receiving positive messaging, uh, endorsements, if you will, from athletic directors and members of senior staff. The word that's thrown around is the word respect. It's often heard framed with, uh, I don't get any respect, or I wish everybody else would respect what it is we do, uh, as an example. When it comes down to it, uh, it's how others are assessing or perceiving the work and energy from sports information. So how do you think an SID should go about asking for assessment, either as the individual person or as the communications unit as a group? Early on, I think we all had to learn to be indispensable people for the people who were most important in our job portfolios. And again, for us, it's, it's head coaches as sports info professionals. Convincing a high-powered coach who has a, a challenging job to win, to graduate student-athletes, to recruit, to be a public figure, etc., 
being um, that person that they can trust in any and all of those endeavors became primary early on uh, for me in my career. And it was actually those people who were the underpinnings of the respect and actually sort of the building block for I think our profession at that point. If I had not been able to convince the coaches at Iowa State and Texas that I was there for them and that the work that the staff could do in publicity and promotion would not only help them realize their vision and mission, uh, but we could be part of their team. All of that would have been for naught. So I would tell you that not only the SIDs have to, I don't want to say toot their own horn, because that doesn't come first. What comes first is the proof based on your work ethic, your production, and your relational trust with those people that matter and that can be your ambassadors and voice and your endorsers in the room. This isn't about all of us. It's about the people that we served because I will promise you that the people we served were the ones who hold the profession up with high regard, dignity, and esteem. And um, I know that the leaders that I've worked for, they all highly value communication professionals. In fact, I don't think could ever see a day where not having a good one would make sense for them. They, they absolutely consider them essential. And, and in my mind, they're the ones who have supported the profession. This is going to be a question that is probably going to be impossible to answer, but I feel compelled to ask it anyway. If you're building that trust so that someone can give you a positive assessment, where within the relationship should a sports information director lobby for a particular need either for him or herself personally or professionally, or for the unit, when do you strike? Well, it's it's gotta be at the, uh, the critical moments where it's gonna matter to whether you can do your job well. I, I remember coming to Texas and, and again, uh, Dr. Lopiano was very serious about publicity. She wanted our program promoted, but I remember having to have a conversation with her that I needed to know, in other words, the, the need to know in my world as a communications pro professional wasn't about being able to talk about it, it was about having to know it. So the conversation was, we had a high profile student athlete who was gonna leave our university and it happened and I was not among the front line to find out about it. And so we had a very short conversation and uh, it went, again, it was a two way good conversation about how critical it was for our staff to be able to help that coach and the administration get through a what could have been perceived as a negative and make it understandable and maybe a non-negative was knowledge. I had to have that conversation with Dr. Lopiano and I just said, I need to know as soon as you do, that doesn't mean I can talk about it, but needing to know so that I can be part of your plan about how to manage that issue. I, I can be as good as I need, as you need me to be with knowledge. Information is power. I think, you know, again, I had to have a short conversation about it when I went to the Big East. I, you know, there were so many good people at that office who had been PR professionals. Mike Trangizi had been a wonderful SID at Providence. Tom McElroy had been a wonderful SID at Bonaventure and had been the PR director. Um, I was sort of the next person down the line. And, and I, again, was not the most knowledgeable person coming into that role in the summer of 86 about the Big East, but um, 
I remember having a conversation that if I could not go to the annual meeting and meet the coaches, meet the ADs and be perceived as a critical staff member by them, um, for Dave and the conference and for all the people we served, uh, then maybe that it was not going to be the kind of job that I could perform at my best in. And, and I actually used that conversation that I had had with Lopiano as saying, you pay me to know, you don't pay me to talk or promote things only, you pay me to be knowledgeable. So again, how many times have you heard in this day and age of social media, just how things are out there before? I mean, you can think something and all of a sudden it's out there as news. That information is power lesson that I learned early on. And this is again, in the mid eighties still applies today. And if, it, if anything, it's even more important. So helping me help you is an expectation with the crush of work that comes into sports information and that unit, what's your advice on setting the expectation? Every coach, every administrator, when they walk through the door, that topic that's on their mind, that's the hottest topic going for them right now. Multiply that by dozens of people. How does the sports information director set the expectation? The uh, most valuable asset we have besides the, again, the, the environment uh, and, and, and uh, support from administration is managing time and being most productive with time. So technology matters. Um, if I were in the field today, starting out or, or being on a staff, I would be asking for the best technology and equipment that anyone could give me because that is time saving and it creates efficiency. There's not an athletic director or a vice president or a leader today that doesn't understand time management and time efficiency and productivity with time. Um, again, setting priorities, regardless of how many staff members you have, how big your budget is. If you're a, a uh, communications, sports info professional, you've got to pick your battles and start with the things that will matter most to make you better, more efficient, more productive in your role. And technology has to be one of those. Do you, you answer the question about setting expectation with the idea of managing up? If the sports information director, if he or she manages up well, if they set expectations well, is it a foregone conclusion that they can have a better work-life balance if they knock out both of those? Oh, I, I don't think there's any question. But again, there's also um, the personal part of letting your bosses and associates see you as a person as well. You know, in today's work environment, great leaders want their people to be happy and balanced and they want, they want hard work, they want production. And in college athletics, we all have to kind of get to the point where we understand that we are not normal uh, in terms of the hours the demands, quite often our schedules run totally counter to the culture on our campus. You know, when we hear about, oh, it's spring break. I mean, we almost go, what's that? I mean, you know, holiday break. Well, there, there are holidays, but again, I, I don't know how many times I've heard Del Connie in particular say, you all have to take your breaks, get your time, make sure you connect with family. They are empathetic to that because the grind is always going to be there, but good leaders inspire their employees to learn how to, how to manage that grind with appropriate stepaways and management of when you can become, again, a, a little bit distant from your work for a little bit of time so you come back refreshed, energized, passionate, and ready to go on the whirlwind again. 
you established earlier that you were very active in the community very early in your career. You've been incredibly active on committees in this chapter of your profession or your career, uh, both on campus and off. While you don't volunteer for the sake of increasing your visibility, Chris, and the value in the minds of others, it is a nice byproduct. SIDs will tell you, and you know having worked in the communication world, that I, I, I just don't have time to sit on a committee. Well, I would say this, um, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and expecting a different outcome. And when I had the good good fortune to be asked to serve on committees, um, I made the time because truth be told, that became almost like a holiday break for me uh, to be in a different environment, to meet different people from other campuses or other organizations, other bodies, the NCAA, NACTA, LEAD One, Women Leaders in College Sports, NACMA, you name it. Those opportunities, while the work was always there waiting for me when I got back from meetings, those opportunities opened my mind, opened my heart, created relationships that I can never put a value on. They're invaluable to me. To me, you have to create those those openings for yourself and be willing to serve because you'll never know what person you'll meet that might be your conduit to your next opportunity. Or frankly, you might want to be at your place forever, but there's always somebody that will give you a insight or something that'll help you go back and make your job better. So those are opportunities. I just think people have to, you have to, you know, evaluate the right ones. But I would always say that if you have a chance to serve in a different environment, especially on committees where you're going to be around different leaders, I think you, you have to look at it as a professional advancement opportunity and not just committee work. Yeah, that's a brilliant thought that the actual committee work can be your change of scenery. And I never thought about articulating it that way, but what a brilliant way to, to frame it. I'll let you have the, the last word here. Uh, we've touched on uh, issues, possibilities, challenges, highlights. When you think about the pressing issues today in athletics communications, what do you think the most pressing issues are? And how can the SID best address those issues or concerns? Well, it's not just for SIDs, but I think it's for all of us, is we've got to continue to uh, justify the place of collegiate athletics within a higher education model. No, no place in the world is an opportunity to compete tied to a collegiate educational experience with a chance to uh, get an advanced degree. It's changing and we've got to be open to changes. I'm actually excited about the NIL possibilities because it's, it's a First Amendment right. It is not going to be the end of the world for us. We're going to have to figure out a way to manage within it. It's going to be another one of those educational opportunities we can get to get to our students. No different than you know how to how to avoid substance abuse or how to learn how to manage your time, how to prepare for an interview, how to how to learn how to dress, how to learn how to communicate. I'm gonna I'm gonna slide NIL right alongside those those other opportunities that we are creating for them to learn in in the spaces of nutrition and personal development, career development, academics, wellness. But we have to learn how to talk about college athletics and what, what its role is on our campuses. And 
that maybe it isn't for everybody. Not everybody wants to attain a degree, but I do know that um, we're different than the professionals. An employer-employee relationship is not what we have today. It's not what the environment was, was created for. And I think all of us have to figure out how to, um, again, balance the needs of the modern student athlete and the modern coach and the modern administrator with the role of athletics on, a, on an institution of higher learning. Good minds can get there. It's gonna take good minds and good communicators to, to continue to close the gap of what a very, uh, I think, cynical public views us as now. What are we? Where are we going? Um, let's all link arms together and get there together. And we are gonna need our, our communications professionals to be at their very best as we uh, forge ahead in 2020 and beyond. The June Stewart Leadership Series installments of podcasts and webinars are available on demand, and they are exclusive to the membership of COSIDA. Engage these programs at your convenience and never hesitate to call upon COSIDA to assist in your journey as a leader of this great profession.